Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and Joe Thomas. He's joining me tonight. Um, so tonight, it's a special episode. It's the International Bake, uh, always crap. I cannot stand them, and I cannot for the life of me fathom why they put one so close to the start of the season. Um, but as you would have seen a tweet a few days ago, fear not, we do have some Watford-related content tonight. Uh, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by former Hornet, Anthony McNamee, uh, and I'll bring Anthony in now. So, Anthony, first things first, thank you very, very much for, for joining us. How, uh, how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Good, good. Um, uh, let's let's pretty much, let's start from the very beginning, basically. You, how, how did the move to Watford come about? Did you have trials? Was you scouted? What, uh, and um, how old were you when when you first saw him with the club? So, when I first came on trial, I was 16, just about to go to college. And then I was, it was a mad summer for me because I was at, um, at a five-a-side tournament and we played against Aldershot. So then I went and played for Aldershot for a few games in pre-season, played in the early rounds of the FAU Cup with them. And then they ended up, I think um, Barnsley was there. He used to be goalkeeper coach at... Um, at Watford at the time. So he came and he told me to come down to trial at Watford and I went down there. And then I think my first trial game was against Aston Villa. Um, done well. And then just before I was about to go to Sand College, I was thinking it was a trial. Normal life in London, go to college. 
because I got a call saying that they want to um, sign me so I could move up to into big with, with Watford. Amazing, great, um, great that. Um, so in 2002, obviously, you made your debut under um, Gianluca Vialli. Obviously, he was a big legend of a uh, of a footballer. He was loved by obviously many at uh, at Chelsea. He didn't have too much of a good time at Watford. How was he as a manager, and how did he kind of uh, was he much of an influence on you at his time there and as a footballer? Um, yeah, he was a big influence. Um, just the aura of the man, just knowing what he's done in the game. Obviously, I, I was very young, so. It was, it was just a pleasure just to be around him, let alone being picked by him to go and play in the first team. It was just, it was unreal. To be honest. So, yeah. Um, also, his backroom staff, we had like Ray Wilkins there and it was, yeah. Yeah, he had a good backroom as well, didn't he? It was, uh, it, it was good on paper, wasn't it, really? It's something that should have worked a lot better than, uh, than what it did, I think, uh, for, for me, obviously, I, I was quite young then and, and watching Watford and obviously it was exciting getting such a big big name as a as a manager. It was just a shame for me. I, I really liked him as a player and really hoped it worked out. But obviously, the, still to this day, there are a lot of people that obviously think that it didn't really go as well as it could have. But, you know, I'll always be grateful for someone like that coming in at, at Watford. Yeah, um, I know, obviously, as a fan... Felt like it didn't go well, but as a player at the time, I might be a bit biased because he gave me my debut and <laughs> he, he, he thought very highly of me. But I feel like if he if he got given a bit more time, I think he would have built something special because we had a good young players coming through at the time. And I think after he left, it wasn't like we had great times straight after he left either. So it was like if he gave a bit more time, he knew the players, he had his ideas. But I think. What was the mistake? What what it was was that obviously the caliber of the guy they expected big signings straight away, which he did. He did bring in the big signings, but then I I reckon he noticed that it wasn't working, and he tried to go younger. And I think he was about to start working, and he got the call to say that he was out the door. It was devastating. Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a few obviously shock names that came through the door. Ramon Vega being one. Yeah. Um, obviously, that was a, a huge signing. Obviously, he brought in. Um, Kind of think uh, he brought in people like Stephen Glass, didn't he? That year, yeah. I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he brought um, in a lot of players. That's yeah, there was the friendship and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Viali, as you say, he did give you his, uh, he did give you your debut. You sort of made a few appearances off the bench that season, and then uh, the last game of that season, you you made your, your full debut um, against Gillingham, and you started that game. We lost three two, but you got your first goal for Watford. How did that feel? Like you, you've made your debut in in that season. You, you're obviously playing for a manager that you respect a lot and a big name within the, the the football world. And then fast forward the end of that season, you're starting for the first time. And yeah, we lost, but you go and score your first goal. Surely that's that's up there with one of the best feelings as a professional footballer, right? Yeah, you, you can't beat that feeling when when. Even when I made my debut, I think it was against Coventry, just knowing that I was on the bench and I might get five, ten minutes, it was just, it's unreal because that's what you've been working hard for from you were 16 in the youth team playing all these games and then now 
can find me on the bank. So it's unreal. When um so obviously uh, this the season after I believe it was you were loaned out to Barnet. Um obviously things things didn't quite go to plan for you around that time, did it? Did you think that your uh, Watford career was kind of coming to an end at that point, or did you always think that you'd come back and you'd get another opportunity and it was just a case of going out and getting some game time and getting a bit of a match experience under your belt? Do you know what it was? To be totally honest, it's like I don't really talk about it often because it's just it's the past of the past. But I felt like when Viali left, I was excited for the new season. I've broken in the first team. I felt like the fans were behind me. I felt like I had a lot to offer. And I felt like it just got put to a stop because of a new manager. Do you get what I mean? That had his own yeah. manager, wanted to bring in his own players. He brought in a lot more older players. So it was just like, I'm here, I'm training every day, but I'm on the bench. I'm on the bench. I'm on the bench every game, on the bench. If we're losing, I get to come on. I excite the crowd. They ask you, how come I don't start the next game? Still on the bench. So it was just like, for me, it hindered my progress. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like it. And then I went on loan just to play games. It wasn't the right loan means for me, to be honest. But I was just desperate just to, to get out of the environment at the time because I just felt like I was just I was playing reserves on the bench, reserves on the bench. It was a bit, it was a lot. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm on mute again. Uh, I assume you're on about the the, the time under under Ray Lewinson, and uh, the, yeah. I think you've pretty much touched touched upon my next question. Really, well, I, I, it's got to be frustrating because it, it was known at the time that Ray Lewinson wanted a left footer, and he, he had a left footer right in front of him in in the form itself. Did um did did you did you maybe perhaps fall out a bit with, with Ray and, and, and his coaching staff at the time because, like you said, you know, you, you were there, you were going to training, everything was pointing in the right direction, but for whatever reason, he didn't want to put you in the team. Um, see, I don't think... I, I, I'm a very... At, at that age, I was very within myself. Like, I, would, I wasn't really outspoken like other players. I was just get on with it, what would be the be kind of thing. If I can reverse time, I'll be a lot different, but you can't, unfortunately. I don't think I was a, I was a problem to the situation. I just felt like he had his own ideas. And I think, obviously, taking over after a big personality like Gianluca, he probably just wanted to do his own thing. And obviously, I was part of that regime of Gianluca coming in, him speaking highly of me, getting young player of the year. He probably just wanted to stamp his own mark on the team, which unfortunately for me, <laughs> I wasn't part of that. Yeah, the um, obviously uh, you, you said uh, obviously Lewington wanted to stamp his own uh, mark on the team. Obviously, um, he was around for a couple of years, wasn't he? And it, he got sacked just before the end of the uh, 04 05 season where uh, AD came in. Yeah. towards the end of um towards the end of that season um i'll kind of go into the next question in a minute but kind of um what was the what was the feeling uh amongst the team with um with obviously lewington 
uh, going who was quite experienced, obviously, as, as a manager. We were obviously in a bad position and needing to get a couple of results to stay in the league. Like, what did um, what did uh, the, the players think about AD being quite inexperienced um, coming in and uh, what was the mood like, so to speak? I think I think the mood was because at the time I think we had a struggle with the older pros and the younger pros. There weren't really no middle a middle ground there kind of thing. It, it felt like the older pro, pros were going to play no matter what and the younger ones was just there to fill in if needed kind of thing. But I think when AD came in, he kind of went young straight away. I remember I think one of his first games was Rotherham and I was on the bench and he kind of went yeah. Dominic Blizzard was playing like he, he kind of went young and it was it was refreshing because it made me feel like okay there's a chance for me now to kind of get myself back in there and and start playing because i felt like I, I owed a lot to Watford because they're the club that gave me my chance i i came from sunday league pretty much sunday league straight to Watford. i, I never played for no other team or anything kind of thing so Watford was my kind of this is my team kind of thing so it was like a it was a new start for me when AD came and I was willing to, to go through and, and, and take my chance kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and obviously that, that season, obviously we stayed up, which was amazing. Obviously we got a couple of good results, obviously beating Rotherham, beating Stoke, obviously staying in the league. I remember I was at that Stoke game and it was a fantastic game for all the fans, obviously knowing that we were safe um, at, at that point. Obviously going into the next season, you made 26 league appearances. Uh, coming off the bench 12 times, scoring once as well uh, against QPR um, yeah. in that 3-1 home win. Um, what um, what did you, as the season went on, obviously, AD brought in a lot of new players over that summer. Um, I remember, yeah. I've talked about this quite a lot, um, even I think, I don't know if you remember this, like right up to the, the day before Preston at home, um, I think the day before Clark Carlisle was signed and he was thrown straight into the starting eleven on the yeah. um, on the Saturday. So he brought in a lot of new players that season. Um, as the season kind of progressed, like where would you say that the belief was starting to come in that we were actually going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season, obviously, because we didn't have any right really to be anywhere near that position at the beginning of the season. So... I think I think AD brought in a lot of warriors. I think he got it just right. I think I don't know how he done it or what he was thinking, but he got that that squad just right because, as you can tell, we weren't we didn't have no superstar players. That's that's meant to right. have got us out of the league. We brought in Marlon King, finisher. He worked well with Ashley Young. You know what I mean? We worked everyone. Jordan Stewart came in, character great for the change room, great left back. Clark Carlisle, great lad as well. So, he, and then I think Danny Shu came in as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, there was uh, James, James Chambers came in that season as well, I believe. Oh, what a guy James um, Chambers is. He was brilliant right back, wasn't he? Yeah, left back, right back, he was filling anyway, like centre midfield, he wanted to play, but <laughs> we had a good we had a good squad there. We had a good, good squad, good. We had that, he was just great, man. The way you put that squad together, the young players, Al Bangoro coming through, you had people like Joel Grant was in and out of it. So Mariapa, we just it was good. Everyone thought that they had a chance to to, to do something to help us. Yeah, that that three of uh, Henderson, uh, Henderson, King, and Young that season, I think 
Uh, I talk again is another thing I talk about quite a lot. They scored, I think, a combined fifty-three goals uh, between that season, which was just outrageous. Because really, on paper, at the beginning of the season, I think after the first uh, two or three games, I think we had a, a couple of dodgy results, didn't we? And it was like, well, is this going to work? But then it just suddenly clicked, didn't it? And it just kicked on from there. Yeah, um, I think yeah, the backroom start. Everyone believed in it. If you get what I mean. Like yeah, Birkinshaw and Dave Hocker Dave, it was, it was amazing because obviously I I worked with Dave from the youth level, so now he was with the first team, it was it felt like home to me again. Do you know what I mean? Like I had someone who I knew rated me from from the youth days in and around the first team now, so it felt a lot more comfortable than it did before underneath Ray kind of thing. Yeah, so it, it was good. You, you mentioned quite a few names there. One of the names you mentioned about being, you know, good in the dressing room, Jordan Stewart. And well, I, I totally get that. We've, we've had him on this podcast before and he's he's just a good vibes kind of guy, man. Like when you chat into him, like you just get that aura from him. Who would you say was the, the most influential in the change room that season? Because like you said, AD brought in a lot of Warriors that season. And like Joe alluded to, None of us Watford fans expected us to go up that season. You know, we we just about survived the season before. So there, there must have been some real strong-headed characters. But is there one in particular for you that stands out that he was always rallying the troops? Because, I mean, you, you might mention it in a sec, but um, we've had Kingy on, we've had Stuart on, uh, and both of them have said, especially for the playoff final, that, that game was won in the tunnel because mentally, like, they just soaked leads out. So there's got to be some strong characters in that changing room that season. It was so, there was so much there. It was Clark Carlisle, you had Danny Shitu, you had Demerit. Demerit was, I remember when Demerit first came to Watford, we used to catch the train together and stuff like that. So I, I knew they struggled, you know what I mean? This is when he was on trial and stuff. He was quality, but I think the main glue was, um, I reckon it was probably off-field and probably Jordan Stewart, to be honest, because he was my roommate, so <laughs> we had lots of fun. He was a very funny, bubbly character, you know what I mean? And it didn't matter whether the manager, he would make the manager laugh in situations that I think that made the boys more relaxed. They it, it, it weren't too serious, if you know what I mean. On the pitch, King's goal, you can't replace it. And young was just they were influential through the whole season, King and Langley. And then you had like Henderson kicking in when things got gritty and hard. You know, you could put the ball up there and he's just going to elbow his way through to the goal. So the nucleus of the team was actually. Yeah, Henderson, I remember that, that season there. Uh... Uh, I don't know if you remember, do you remember Leeds away? on a? We had him on a Tuesday night and we were on a really good run away from home at that point. Yeah. I think we'd, we'd gone in and we'd beaten Norwich away, Luton away, Sheffield United away, Brighton away, then we followed it up with uh, Leeds away. Didn't and, Foster uh, get sent off and Chamberlain had to go in? Foster got sent off and Henderson got sent off as well. Henderson proper went full, like you say, he, he, he went like Hulk because he had his shirt ripped, he went in, he, he, was, he was proper kicking off, wasn't he? Proper MMA style, that guy, man. <laughs> the elbows are sharp. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. yeah, that was a good night. That was a, that was a night, uh, Mike. Uh, we, were, we were chanting uh, that Mariapa song, uh, he's going to score a goal, you know. Da, da, da. Yeah. We literally <laughs> for like half, half an hour that night. It was just, it was an insane night of, 
night in in the away uh, in the away end. It was brilliant. Um, obviously, like for the semi-finals, uh, you were on the named on the bench in both the home and away semi-final. Yeah. Um, when it got to the the playoff final, you didn't obviously uh, make the squad. Unfortunately, did Boothroyd kind of give you a a heads up in advance well, of that? Well, was going to be well, coming? I got injured. I pulled my thigh in training. Oh, you joking? Yeah, and I was trying my hardest to work back into it, but every time I went back out to try it, it would pull again. So I was oh. just out of it. It was one of the worst feelings ever. Just because obviously I was kind of involved in every single game up to the, up to that final. Yeah. So it was devastating, but I just couldn't get fit enough to even to be there. So I just had to have my suit on and just have to rally the boys on from, from the side. Yeah, did um, I take it? Did AD kind of say, had you been fit, you would have been in my like squad for the for the final? Did he just not really mention anything? Well, I, I thought I would have because if I was, I was on the bench for the semi final, so was nothing. The, the amount of days till the final, nothing really could have changed. It weren't like there was any games in between. I could have lost four more. Yeah, um, of course. I thought I would have. I thought I would have made it on the bench at least anyway. Yeah, yeah. They, they they have got to be up there with probably some of my favourite Watford games. That that one away at Crystal Palace. I don't know if you went, Joe. Uh, I mean, I was only ten years old at the time, but it was brilliant. And then I seem to remember the home game was probably the most entertaining draw I've ever seen. It had it all. I think Fitzall and Aidy kicked off, and obviously Fitzall later played for Watford. Uh, and then I think there was a pitch invader as well, and the stewards were chasing him round in a. They couldn't catch him, so that was a uh, that was quite some uh, some entertaining draw. That's that's got to be up there with one of the most that, entertaining. That, that was for us. I think I think that was just God's plan, really. That the whole how everything happened when we got to the final, there was no way we were going to lose that. Not not a chance. There were we were never going to lose that. I think all the boys knew it as well. Yeah, yeah. Any any one of them has said, you know, Kingy and, and Stewart said in the change um, in the tunnel that day, they just looked at Leeds and Leeds were like, shit, like these boys are mean business. So they we sort of won that mental battle in the tunnel by the sounds of it. But we uh, we obviously resulted in in a three 0 win against Leeds and uh, we we made it to the Premier League and you you made seven appearances for for Watford in the Premier League, but Sort of, it's a similar question to earlier, really, when I was talking about your first professional goal. You mentioned it earlier. You've gone from pretty much playing Sunday League football to making your professional debut with Watford. And then sort of four or five years later, you're a Premier League player. I mean, you must have been pinching yourself. I was, but I was kind of disappointed in a way as well how we kind of, how my career was kind of going. You know what I mean? Because I feel like when I look back at it now, there was two, three seasons where I didn't do anything. Like, it might have felt like I was doing something because I was making 10 trips, like, sub trips, 10 minutes, doing well, coming. But for my progression of my career, it was, it was nonsense, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. when I look back at, if I went to look back at my stats, I think for the two seasons, I was on the bench probably nearly most of the games. And I probably started one game, which was the last game of the season. Like, it's just like I'm just here. Like, it wasn't good for my development. If you know what I mean? I could have been. I could have done a lot more. And that's the reason why I think when I did start playing, because I played the first half of that promotional season, 
and then I think after December, I think I was on the bench mostly after, but that's because I was still, I was mentally, I weren't used to being yeah. at that level, you know what I mean, where even though I've been on the scene for four years, four or five years, the energy was gone, you know what I mean, like, I mean and that's why it was good, because when we brought in Chris Eagles, and we pressed everything, and Hamid Wattsa started making his way in, so it was like, for me, it was difficult, difficult seeing it, but I understand it now that I'm older. That I never played 2016 game before at that level in my life, and I was probably like 22, and I made my debut at 17. Yeah, so it's like it's a bit. I feel like my development was hindered a lot. I'm mm. Ray Luton. I'm not playing, but being there, I was just there. I don't know why I was there because I was on the bench every day. You know what I mean? I wasn't, uh, one story, I wasn't allowed to go play for England under 18 because he wanted me on the bench for the Watford. But Jamie Hanks, who was been starting, was allowed to go to England on the same crew that I was on. And he was a starter. So it was like, why am I not allowed to go? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. little things like that that just kept happening. And then the costing of my asthma and stuff kept coming up. I can't play 90 minutes. But I played reserve 90 minutes, then I come and sit in the bit, and just a lot has happened to me. Yeah, well, so you mentioned uh, Chris Chris Eagles coming in there to to what for that. So he was massively influential in uh, in that second half of the season, wasn't he? He came in in January, didn't he, and played the second half of the season. I remember like we went to all the well, obviously he scored the the famous goal from the halfway line, didn't he, at Brighton, which was right, still. Yeah. <laughs> Still to this day, I was sat in that away end at Brighton's old ground we were at, yeah. and it, I remember it was the rain, and we were in that like, well, it was like scaffolding around the athletic track, wasn't it? Then at yeah. Brighton, yeah. and uh, the, the ball had a, the had a little house in the away end, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It, was it, was just, it, was, it was so random, and he hit the ball, and we were all looking at it thinking, surely not, and it went in. We were like, oh, wow. Yeah, his ability was crazy though, man. He he was he was talented that way. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was good. He didn't. He, did he? Did he play in the playoff? Playoff final. I'm trying to yeah, think. Was, I think he was. He, I know he was there. Did he start? Like he must have. I think he did. Start yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't. Don't remember him too much. It sounds awful, but yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, no, I loved him. I was really hoping we were. We would sign him on a permanent deal somehow. We just never. He was never too good. He, he was too good to sign. The season he had, that second half season he had, he probably could have went. To a lot of cups. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eagle didn't start, by the way. He was. Uh, he, he, he wasn't. He wasn't used. Um, he put. I think he put spring. Oh, um, spring, spring. He was playing. Spring wide and young the other side probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't. I don't remember him because I, I. I remember being there thinking, "How's he start, not starting Eagles? <laughs> this is like a. This is a huge call." But um, him, he was probably knackered as well because he probably wasn't used to playing that much mild games because he wasn't really playing often at Man United at all. So he yeah. was probably mentally fried as well, probably why his form dipped as well. So that's yeah, the only reason yeah. he probably didn't play because the ability he had, I don't, it wouldn't make no sense in it. So. Yeah, obviously, uh, that, that Premier League season, I know obviously you didn't play too much, but you, you played at West Ham in that FA Cup. Win and, and scored a, a a great goal and 
obviously we had a great away day out and far. We didn't have too many good away days that season, did we? But it must have been a good feeling uh, seeing. I, I remember there just being crazy scenes behind that goal. It was uh, must have been a good feeling to to play and, and score that season. Yeah, <laughs> I've always got stories about this. <laughs> My family always asking me these questions. So um, before the game, when we was at the hotel. Um, AD pretty much said to me, look, this is your last chance kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Go and do something. And I actually, I went and scored. And then the next game, I think, I was on the bench again. And then that was it. I was over. <laughs> it was done after that. So, really? Yeah. So it was just like, I don't know. What, what do I need to do here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, what more can you do? You just scored an overhead kick. We won the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, fo- football's a weird thing, and everyone has their opinions, and opinions change. And yeah. Uh, you you were sent to um obviously after that season you were sent to crew on loan exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, then in January you were sold to Swindon Town. Yeah. Um, in League One, like when you when you left Watford. And obviously, you found yourself at a new club, uh, then permanently. How did you kind of like sum up your time at Watford then? And were you kind of disappointed where you'd gone, or were you excited and relishing the new challenge, or was it kind of mixed feelings? It was mixed feelings because I knew if I, when I leave, I'm going to play often. Do you get what I mean? And that's all, as a footballer, that's all you want to do. You just want to want to play, like. Obviously, in my family, I was pretty much the first player to play football like, at, at this level. Do you know what I mean? So, I didn't have no one to call upon and say, look, this is what you think you should play. Everything was happening. So, everyone was just happy for me. You played professional football. Even though, within myself, it was a hard... I didn't really enjoy it at a stage when I'm just here, sitting down on the bench, week in, week out. Do you know what I mean? But there was no one to really had that conversation so going to Swindon and playing regular was was amazing for me if you get what I mean yeah still looking at the Watford results and seeing some of the players that are still there and the players they brought in thinking oh, I can do that if you know what I mean like what's in my club I could be there like but that's like I said this is the football so when I went to Swindon it was, like a, it, it was a great thing for me personally but I would have wished it would still be at Watford. Yeah. Would you? Uh, what would you say your your favourite game in a Watford shirt was? Um, I think it might have been my first start. Against Portsmouth. Um, I think Portsmouth away at Portsmouth Ground. I think the front three was me, Weber, and Marcus Gell. Yeah, that, I think that was my that was my favourite moment. Yeah, he was another good player, wasn't he? Gail, he was. Yeah. He was he was brilliant. I remember him when he came in, and yeah, he was excited. He, he, was, good, he, he was he was very good with the youngsters. That like, there was a lot of older pros there, but he was he, he understood the youngsters, so he didn't have no resentment to the youngsters if he wasn't playing a younger guy was playing. There was a few other pros that. You know what I mean? It was a bit old. Yeah. Play every week, and it's about them, them, them. But Marcus wasn't like that. He helped me out well. He helped Ashley Young out really well. He was, he was 
he's like a father figure to a lot of us there. Yeah. Um, obviously, going into kind of the next question then, um, who would you say your your best player, the, the best player was at the club during your time at Watford? Like, who was the best player to be around and the best player kind of to encourage others? Obviously, you mentioned Gail was one there. I'm sure there were probably a few others, maybe. Yeah, Gail was one. Um, one of the best, well, Michael Hyde was excellent. Right. Just in training and in games, he never lost the ball. He didn't shoot often, but the way he just controlled the ball, it was just... When I saw him play, it was just like, is this how good professional footballers are, kind of thing. And in training with him and seeing the way he just moved that ball around, his passing, his movement. Yeah, he, he, he was... I would say him, him footballing-wise, and he, he was good with me at the pitch as well. Um, Daddy Weber, when he came in, he was sharp like a razor. He was like, this, this was what Man United players are all about. He was quick. Sharp finisher, he was quality, man. Yeah, the way he used to be able to turn with a football was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? Like, there were so many times when you'd see him with back to go and think, probably not really going to do anything here. But the way he used to be able to turn people and he'd be able to get a get a run on someone with just one touch of a ball was just, yeah, yeah phenomenal. He, he was he, he was fantastic over, over his time at Watford, I thought. Yeah, he, he was quality, good guy as well, man. I still speak to him now. He's a nice guy, man. That sort of answers my next question. Did you keep in touch with any of the lads from your time at Watford? Yeah, um, I saw Marcus Gill the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's still the same. I saw him. I went to go watch my cousin play at Fulham. And he was there with Brentford. So we ended up catching up. So he had a nice little talk with him. I see, I see Michael Hyde a few little times. Um, I always speak to Jordan, even though he's out in America living his life. Speak to him on Instagram a few times, but yeah, I still speak to a few there. Mariapa, um, I used to speak to Jamie Collins, I don't know if you remember him from the youth team. Yeah, Jamie Collins, yeah, yeah. Ben Hurd, I spoke to him a few years back. Oh, Ben Hurd, yeah. blimey, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. For a while, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, um, I'm just I just want to go a little bit rogue actually, just uh. With um, obviously talking about Danny Weber, I know recently Watford did. Uh, I, I can't believe it's been twenty years since um, since Jimmy Davis um, oh, sadly yeah. passed away. Um, like, kind of, what was the? Because I remember, um, I, I remember the day like it was like last week. Is is frightening, really? I remember we we were due to play um, Coventry at home that day. I used to go every week, or I still do now. I go with one of my best friends to um, football. Um, and we were walking down to the ground really early, obviously excited for the opening day of the season and stuff. And then there were just like whispers that the game had been called off. They didn't kind of say what was, what the reason was or, or anything at the time. But it was then obviously apparent that something serious had happened and Jimmy sadly passed away. Kind of how, how was the, how was it among the players and stuff? Obviously, I know Danny was like, my experience with that was that he, he was when he came in he was a winger he was in my position as well so he was he was yeah he was a left winger he's like, he, he plays for man united like he's a good player like but it felt like he wasn't here for long you know what i mean 
So I'm not too sure how long. So it's not like I got to know him personally, personally like that. But him and Danny were so close. So anyone that Danny's around, he has to be a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I can't remember how we found out about it. I don't even think you probably found out the same way all the fans found because if it was a home game, we wouldn't have been at training before the game. So no. So we probably found out through through knowing that the game was cancelled, kind of thing. And then probably the next day we found out the details of it and had our little meeting and stuff like that. But yeah, that that's scary, man. Just that like, you don't think stuff like that happens that like, in life, let alone football, that like, the players died and he's not here no more. It was just no. Yeah, because I remember seeing him. Um, I went to a few pre-season games that season. I think uh, one I remember was QPR away, and he played, and he was it was frightening, obviously, because we had Danny as well, and he looked amazing. And it was like, wow, this this you know this is going to be like could be some season with like players of this quality in, in the team, because obviously we didn't really have much money then, and to, yeah. to sign good players like that on loan, um, yeah, he, he it was, was a different level, man, Ooh, quality, man. The little Tapir and I see what the training and stuff, you can see that, like, again, it was just that whole, we're Watford, he's coming from Man United, Sir Alex Ferguson, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, let's really see what he's got, and you can see it, man. Anytime we got a lone player from Man United, they were just, just different, just different. Yeah, so... Uh... Obviously, uh, it's been a while since uh, you obviously left Watford. Have you been back to the Vic much since I you? Um... I haven't been back since I left. Never been. Back no since way, really. Not one game. Not one game. Is 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 that just through choice, or you've just not got the chance, or? Um, I've I've always felt like I'd wanted to go back, but I've gone back and played there. I've played there when I was at Norwich. I think I played there. When I went to Norwich, I came back to you, and that was unreal. Like that felt weird. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like I'm wearing yellow, but it's not the yellow I'm meant to be wearing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so yeah. It was weird. It was just like, yeah. But I haven't been back personally like since then. I haven't watched the game. I don't know if it's a bit of bitterness towards it or what, but. It's interesting because they they often invite ex players among and I think they try and tally it up with who we're playing and you know it seems like we, we only ever play Norwich at times like we've played them so much recently we're always in the same division as them you'd yeah. think you know Norwich at home oh who's played for both oh McNamee let's get him a, over as a as a guest or something so. Yeah. That does surprise me, to be honest, but at the same time, with the way that things have been at the club recently and, you know, a lot of decisions uh, above, in you know, upstairs have been made, um, I, I suppose it's it's perhaps not too uh, much of a shock that things like that are happening. And that's probably but, why I haven't been back as well, because of the every minute something's changing, is that he's still there, that will be there when I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be a bit weird. These new people are in there now. You know what I mean? They won't really know me. I don't know them. <laughs> do you, I take you? Do you, do you keep an eye out for uh, for Watford in the results every uh, every Saturday or every time they're playing? Or yeah, of course. Yeah, Watford's my um. That's my team. That's my first team that gave me my chance, man. I owe a lot to Watford. 
Yeah, I see that. That's a that is a your first Watford shirt, isn't it? In over your shoulder there. Oh, yeah, the, that's my first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember your yeah. your number. Was you always thirty three, or did you no, change? I, I've got changed a few times. I was thirty three on the first one, and then Viali, because the next season Viali got sacked, but he gave me sixteen. So I was buzzing. I think from thirty three to sixteen, I was like, yeah. And then I think that got taken off me that that season, the season after. I ended up getting, I think, 24 or something like that for a season or something like that. And then I ended up going back down when AD came to 19 or so. Well, just before we finish, um, what what are you doing nowadays? I, I, I must admit, I tried to do as much research as I could. Um, the, the last I, I saw that you were doing... Um, you were appointed manager of a team in the Combine Counties League uh, called Enfield Borough. You still you still doing that, or what? What what is no, it you no, doing I'm nowadays? Not, I'm, not, I'm not there at the minute. I've still got good connections with the club. Um, obviously, they gave me my first opportunity to be around football again. Do you know what I mean? But mostly, I'm on um, me and a few other guys who started a grassroots club for, for kids in, in Battersea which is going really well. So we've got a club called FC Fantasy. Um, just my age group, we just won the London Cup last season. And we won the treble before Pep Bandit. So we're buzzing with that, that's what we told the kids. Yeah. And we've got about 70 boys now, four teams. Wow. So, that's yeah, fantastic. That's the main yeah. thing I'm doing at the minute. Yeah, I've, I've managed in the last two seasons in grassroots at adult, and I know how much time and effort that can take up and how much work has to go into it so uh yeah i uh, i take my hat off to you massively but uh but really appreciate your time today anthony it's uh it's been a pleasure to speak to you and you know you you were, you were in the squad when when i was that that was uh when my sort of watford supporting life was sort of just kicked in for me basically and they were uh, they were some good times so it's uh, it's been good to to catch up and uh, and and reminisce and uh, yeah I, I I hope that uh, it works out for you at FC Battersea and uh, uh, you know hopefully you gain a few Watford fans after listening to this but I really do appreciate your time today Anthony yeah, no yeah thanks so much no worries thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.